Yes, g'day, hello, hi, thank you for joining me. My name's Jared Coote, and this is the second episode of The Point. Now, in the first episode, I interviewed the owner of Batch Brewery, Andrew, talked about all things craft beer. So the whole whole point of this podcast, I'm just trying to speak to people that I find interesting, doing interesting things, um, stuff that I think you'd like to hear, like-minded people like myself. I'm doing my best to remove the... The generic questioning, um, and just ask these people, you know, things you probably talk about with your friends and you wonder amongst your friends and things that I talk about uh, with my buddies and say, you know, what, I wonder what the answer to this is. Now, I think there's a lot of people out there um, that do have the answers to these questions and are happy to answer them uh, and not just asking them the same old, this same old thing. So this week, I spoke to Nick Loopy. Nick Loopy is in the One Day Crew or Spit Syndicate. Um, if you haven't heard of him, he, they're both Aussie hip hop crews. Um, he's from the inner West, uh, local area. Now Spit Syndicate have got a few albums out, uh, regularly played on Triple J, had quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of success. Uh, and then with his friends from Horror Show and, and Joyride and Jackie Onassis, they've formed a super group, the, uh, the One Day Crew. They put together an album, um, and that went really well. It went either one or two, uh, on the Aria charts when it came out, um, Great work by them. They they put that album together. They run an, a music festival once a month in Sydney. They also go to Perth and Melbourne now as as regular things once a month and have like a a hip hop kind of day out um, music event. Uh, you buy tickets, you go along to the event, or you buy tickets to the Sydney one. I'm not sure about the other two. Uh, so that's taken off, and they had the one day only music festival. Uh, which was a thing that they put on in Sydney. So I asked him quite a bit of detailed questions around that. He's, he's gone from a music man to a, a businessman, a promoter, as he calls himself. So this was quite an interesting uh, chat with Nick. He's still got a long way to go, as he talks about, but he's really enjoying uh, enjoying the journey. I'll talk to you a bit about what I'm talking about and what, I'm gonna, what I did ask him about in a second. I just want to quickly talk a little bit about myself, how self-indulgent, and just get to tell you who I am. I never really introduced myself on the last podcast. My name's Jared Coote. Um, I'm 20, yeah, I'm 28 now. A couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I turned 28. I live in Canberra at the moment. I'm a newsreader for Channel 10, Southern Cross, Osterio. Uh, down here, before that, I worked at the Sydney Roosters, the NRL footy team, uh, hosting Roosters TV and doing some of the game day hosting up there on the big screen. And th- this really podcast has given me a chance to uh, interview some people. I don't really get to interview people uh, on the show uh, down on the news here in Canberra at the moment. So it just give me a chance to talk to people that I find interesting and hopefully you'll find them uh, interesting too and just hear their stories and I've talked to a lot of people. I'm interested in a lot of their jobs and their occupations and how they got to be successful, how they got to where they are. Uh, I will give you a warning about this one. There are some audio issues a part way through it. Uh, there was some equipment issues. I had so many recording devices, honestly, I had about five. And they all seemed to click out around the same time, so I don't know if someone got a text and the radio waves, I don't know what it was, but I had so many backups. Uh, I'm really thankful that I don't have to do any technical stuff at my day job, because it was stressful. I have a newfound appreciation for them. Um, so, it's still, obviously, you can still hear it well, it's fine. Um, just turn the turn the music up, turn the volume up a little bit, but it's all good. Uh, I've got all this equipment, I'm figuring it out. The next ones won't have this issue, so don't worry. But uh, just turn the music up and sit back and enjoy it. So I, I talked to I talked to Nick about how do you, how he makes money as an artist in Australia. You know he's he's doing well, but he, his band Spit Syndicate or his hip hop crew and, and the and the One Day Crew they're not commercial. They're not on commercial radio. So how do how do they make money? And you know how important is Triple J uh, to making that money and getting played on Triple J and FBI? But I guess specifically. Uh, Triple J, um, and whether he has to like change his music or produce a certain type of music to make it on commercial radio, if there's a, a path that they, you know, they could take if they they really wanted to. Um, I did talk a bit about Triple J too, and why they don't play a certain type of music. Uh, I had to chat about Cursor. That's something I talk about with my friends. Not saying I like Cursor, but he's got a huge following. So, and Nick actually brought this up before I mentioned it, but I was going to about Cursor and why he isn't played on. Uh, Triple J. We talked about his ventures, uh, business venture with One Day Only, the, the parties they put on and the music festival they had. A lot of music festivals go down, um, as we all know at the moment. So I asked him if that actually made money and he gave some pretty frank and honest answers. What a day looks like for him. Well, you know, what is a young bloke, uh, mid to late 20s, he's making music, um, but not, you know, he's not throwing dollar bills around, $100 bills around. So how does he actually make his money? 
Um, and just a quick bit about Aussie hip-hop as well, you know, why people don't like it, the stereotypes around it, and why he thinks it's so good. Uh, and we wrapped it off with an Inner West challenge, and uh, him and his Inner West crew, the boys, they love to promote and talk about uh, the Inner West in all their raps, you know, that's a bit of a culture of that, representing where you're from in rap, and they're no different with the Inner West, but I did want to know exactly how much, being an Inner West boy myself, how much he actually does know about the area, so I asked him to name uh, every suburb in the area, starting with a few specific letters, so let's see how he went in that. That's enough rambling, hope you enjoy this, plenty more to come, if you know any interesting people, um, feel free to email me. Uh, I'll put the, my email address and details up along with the podcast. But it, if you do want to contact me, it is Jared Coots, J-A-R-E-D, Coot, C-O-O-T-E, at gmail.com. And if you want to give me any feedback or anyone you know that you think might be worth interviewing, just let me know and I'll, I'll do it from there. Um, so yeah, I'm working on getting as many people as I can. There's a, I know the first one was quite a while ago. Um, but I have been working behind the scenes tirelessly to improve the product and just trying to get people. It's tough. Um, it's definitely tough getting people on board and setting up times, especially when I record in Sydney and I'm in Canberra during the week. Anyway, this is a great chat with Nick. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, here it Good. is. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Hi, Nick. Mate, first of all, congratulations on this whole career. I knew you back in the day and now look at you. Yeah, it feels a bit funny calling it a career because yeah. it's not like a, a st- stable, you know, and it's not like guaranteed and it's not like a comfortable way to kind of have a career. But thank you for your yeah. congratulations. So you, you still think it could end at any time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's definitely with with music, you know, which is one, making music, which is one sort of side yeah. of what I do, there's definitely a, a lifespan on that, you know, there's only so long, that it's particularly with hip-hop, you know, yeah. like hip-hop is a very youth-oriented genre of music, yeah. you know, so there's something a little bit weird about, I think anyway, like a bunch of 40, 50-year-olds rapping and making music yeah. for, you know, for, yeah. for teenagers, so yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely not a... Yeah, it's it, there's a lifespan on it, yeah. you know, and that's kind of always always known that. All right, I'll, I'll ask you about your um, your fan base later. I've got some questions about that, but hip hop in general. How did you start getting into that? What made you think this is the way to go? Well, um, I don't know. When I was when I was younger, like when I was a, a kid, I really liked writing and like yeah. cr- creative writing stories and yeah. thi- and things like that. I used to do a lot of things like that, and then when I first heard. Uh, like rap music I was like in year five or year six yeah. and I just we went to the music HMV you know and I got a, a two-pack album and my mom had to buy it for me because it was you know the 18 plus thing and that was literally like the first hip-hop that I heard and I just loved it you know like like most people that you know when they're that age and they this they hear rap or hip-hop yeah. or any sort of music for the first time you're at such a you're so absorbent at that age, you know, you're yeah. just like, you're starting to, you know, get to your teenage years and you just are looking around and soaking everything up. So for me, it was like through the music was how I first got introduced to hip hop culture, if yeah. you will. And then obviously, like I got a little bit older and, you know, even still 13, 14 years of age and it became graffiti. Yeah. Because graffiti, you know, growing up in the inner west, as you would know, the graffiti was just kind of like yeah. everywhere. And that's that's another way that I kind of got into yeah. hip hop. I wasn't any good at graffiti. graffiti. I was You can't do it now. I was terrible at yeah. it. But, you know, that was just one way that and that was how a lot of people found their introduction to hip hop. Certainly like people that I've kind of met yeah. was like it was, you know, graffiti first and then sort of the music or something like that. Why why are they intertwined, do you think? Well, I mean, it's really if you think about it, they're not really that similar. They they're not, but they're two sort of like of the four elements of 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 hip hop. I can't believe I'm talking about the four elements yeah. of hip hop. But what you know, the four, what are the four elements? The four there? elements. The four elements is uh, rapping or yeah. MCing is one say, of the. I was going to say, what's the difference between hip hop and rapping? To to the commoner. I mean, if you ask a 40-year-old, what's the difference between hip-hop or rapping? You ask me, I'll say, well, I'm not quite sure. Well, I'm not much of an authority on the the subject, but there is a famous quote from somebody called uh, KRS-One, who's yeah. like a real like pioneer of of the hip-hop movement from when it started in yeah. New York in like the 70s and 80s, and he said that rap is something that you do, hip-hop is something that you live. So uh-huh. rapping refers to, you know, the actual practice of reciting words to a beat and doing that, whereas yeah. hip-hop encompasses the 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 culture and it involves rapping graffiti 
DJing, producing, and breakdancing. Yeah. So they're like the four main pillars of hip hop and yeah, can man. Get a bust out of breakdance? You haven't got the right floor, <laughs> man. You need the lino. Yeah. If you had the right material, yeah. maybe. I have been known to sometimes break, yeah. break it down after a few drinks. All right. No doubt. So you've got the one pillar of hip hop down pat. Well, I've started DJing as well, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, I've, I've been DJing a little bit. Um, as, a, as a serious thing? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I, no, yeah. not really, but I, you know, you just, you to, like just yeah, I like it. And also yeah. try and get a bit of money, yeah, you know, right. um, but it's cool. You know, like I always found myself like at a house parties, me and my yeah. friends anyway, just kind of yeah. like guarding the aux cord and like the stereo and only putting on our music. Yeah. So I like to think that I have the song selection part of being a DJ, yeah. like I can do that, all right. Yeah. It's just the whole like kind of mixing yeah. and not not fucking up. Am I allowed to swear? What's the yeah, vibe on man. swearing? Swear, swear okay. what you want. All right, cool. I'm not, a, I'm not on the main camera now. Yeah, swear what you want. Um, so we know your story, how it started there. Spit Syndicate, mm. getting bigger. The One Day Crew, mm. festivals. Mm. I want to ask you. Well, first of all, what do you think you'd be doing right now? What have you realised? You're a bit older now. What What would you like to do if you weren't doing music? Because oh. I know you're a smart dude, though. I remember you killed it back at school from memory. You're a smart <laughs> dude back at school. I gamed the system a little yeah, bit, right. and one of the ways I was able to do that was <laughs> I did performance poetry, like rapping yeah. for my HSC. You, the, you, know what that's, you know what that's like? You know when you got friends that do like Italian or French, and yeah. they speak it fluently at home? Yeah, yeah. Parents, and then they get to, and they grew up here. Yeah. Born in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, no worries. I, uh, did Italian in my HSC and got 100% and that goes towards their mark. Yeah. What are your thoughts on I think that's a rip off. Yeah, it's a G up, but you, if you've got to gain the system somehow. Hey, my friend did French in year nine, the HSC laughed, got 100% and that was it. He had one subject less to do in year 12. Yeah, but I mean, in any, in any like system, whether it's like, you know, the school system or like, government grants or like yeah. your work there's always a way of yeah. kind of like playing within the rules to just yeah. kind of you know but hustle it a little yeah. bit well, I don't know you if know you can hustle to the top in the school system I reckon there's some well you pick the subjects yeah, that scale better yeah. or yeah, you pick true. the subjects that they your parents speak at home so you, had a, you had a game plan from the start <laughs> no I just made it up as I went along I don't know what would I be doing if not music and I know that people ask that all the time you're like what kind of questions that um, how do I know the future but is there anything that sparked an interest in you outside of music completely outside of what you've been doing now that we're a bit older well I mean not like completely outside but I guess in the last few years something that's ended up taking up a fair amount of my time and like my friend's time has been putting on these parties that we do and these events and that side of like the business you know like running events and now getting to the stage where we're trying to increase the uh, step up the scale yeah. of these parties and really like improve the product and kind of look towards things like corporate partners and sponsorship which yeah. is very much where the music industry in yeah. my opinion is heading towards yeah. you know like branded content and that has kind of like opened up this side you know which is I guess looking at it more from like a business kind of point yeah. of view which is not something that that had ever really seemed like tangible to yeah. me and it's something that I really enjoyed you know like that that side of things yeah. and just generally trying to I guess trying to take some of the skills that I've kind of picked up from trying to like self-manage this like independent so, rap group and try and apply them to something else because you know again there's only so long that you can do music for or you can do something for yeah. so then when that finishes how do you take what you've learn and the skills that you've developed and whatnot and apply them to a completely different yeah. field. Uh, you, you don't have a job on another job on the side. Do you I know you used to do the bridge climb? Yeah, yeah. I was and I was at the bridge climb. I was a tour guide at the bridge yeah. climb for like seven years. Yeah, well you quit that not long ago? Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, about a year and then probably like the year before that I wasn't working there that much. But it was like the perfect uh, side job, you yeah. know, because it was flexible and they would give me yeah. time off when I would go on tour and, and whatnot. Yeah. Have you hit a point now where you don't need that? Is that why you don't need that side job or you, you're going to hustle to make it happen? Well, it's a, it's a little bit of both, yeah. you know, like when I, I, I definitely need to hustle and yeah. sort of, you know, living in Sydney on rent and whatnot is, yeah. you know, it'll do your head in. So I'm not at a point where I can definitely not. I'm so far from a point of being like comfortable. It's yeah. definitely like, uh, it's it's still yeah. a hustle, but yeah. it just made more sense for me to like not have to worry about trying to get time yeah. off or yeah, do something yeah. like this. It's yeah, like right. everything that I do now is kind of I don't have to apply for time off or anything yeah, right. like that. Well, what is your time like now? Like 
I know my friends who are interested in this hip-hop and just people I speak to and you guys and other bands like Sticky Fingers on social media, it looks like you're having the time of your life. You're partying it up like it looks incredible. But well, I'm sure that's not what it's like, is it? Well, so underneath that. Definitely, and social media is, is about, like, you know, it's a per yeah. perception, you know, yeah. like how you want to be perceived, and that yeah. goes for someone's personal Instagram account to, you know, a, a band page. And for the record, Sticky Fingers probably party yeah. a little bit more yeah. and in like more exotic locations than... than I don't the, know how those guys keep it up. The, it looks pretty legit to me and just the body. How does your body... On one big night, I'm done. Yeah, I, I guess they have been doing it for a while and they've built up a bit of like a tolerance yeah. but what about uh, do you guys still i mean you're partying more than most these nights out is it tough to like back it up even just performing to go out you're having big nights you're performing like you're in the vibe of being a, a performer and then i've got to go again and again and again does it get tough especially when you get older i think so and there in our like in my experience being involved in like different touring and like meeting people in bands that were like that are higher up than us or that have been doing it for a while it seems like they reach this point where they've been partying and they tour and then they sort of get to this point where it's like they're just sober when they yeah. tour you know and and I've always thought that like in, in my head I'm like we'll reach that at one point you know yeah. at one point yeah. you'll just like you'll go hard for a while and then it's like nah we've got to be professional yeah. not going to drink before the show not going to do anything like that just kind of be well, we're, we're not quite at that stage yeah. yet yeah, but yeah. I, well, maybe they don't even think that maybe they they're at the point where they think well I'm done with all that they're not necessarily maybe doing it to be better for performers maybe they're just they're, they could be 40 and still in the big time they're done absolutely you know and some people get over partying you know and that's yeah. kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to my mind state has always been like, just get it all out of your system, yeah. just do it. And then so like when the time comes to settle down yeah. and whatnot, you're like, you're content. I'm ready. But it's also, to be fair, we haven't, we've never really like, with Spit Syndicate anyway, we've never like toured on the scale that a lot of like massive bands do, you yeah. know, like a, Hilltop Hoods will be playing five shows in a row each night and then have two days off then go and do it again you know yeah. maybe when you're touring on that scale you need yeah. to be a bit more like okay I've got to conserve my voice I've got to you yeah. know be a bit smarter yeah, yeah. Okay. but yeah. Well, well tell me what a, a typical day looks like for you now so if you're not not a day when you're performing but if you're just in Sydney what's a day look like for you well I, sp I guess I split my time between uh, what's happening with one day as yeah. far as like one day entertainment you know yeah. putting on these one day sundays parties and working on this festival one day only that we've been yeah. working on and just generally trying to grow that sort of yeah. brand and that business i split my time between that and also between spit syndicate yeah. you know and like trying to be an artist and uh, we don't have management or a label at the moment yeah. which is like really exciting for us yeah. because you know we kind of yeah, we're not bound by any yeah. by anything, and it just means we have more opportunities, hopefully, yeah. open in the future. But it also means that we run the operation, yeah. and I do a lot of that, you yeah. know. So it's kind of like a, it's just a one big juggling act, man. Yeah. Between like trying to be a promoter, and yeah. you know, like maybe some sort of have a business hat on, yeah. and then trying to be a creative and an artist, and then also trying to have to manage the creative bit so it's like all these different um yeah just all the, all these different roles to kind of play but that's that's what a day would look yeah. like split between working on, i try and like get the the stuff that you have to use your brain and and yeah. whatnot like at this at the start and then the creative Sorry. stuff yeah, the creative stuff like yeah like after that it's weird because when you sometimes trying to make music for me anyway some people just you know like they just have this natural gift they can just sit down on the couch they'll just bang out a hit record they'll yeah. write a song and it's just it's just like that it. yeah it's it's a, i mean it, i find the the creative writing process at least for most rappers i know it's like a lot more drawn out but sometimes you can spend eight hours a whole day's work listening to like one beat on repeat that you're trying to write a song or finish a song to and sometimes at the end of that eight hour span you've got absolutely nothing that sometimes happens any other job like if you were to you know an accountant or somebody that works yeah. in front of a computer anything else if you sat down at the start of a day and you spent eight hours working on something and then at the end you had like nothing to show from it 
you go sacked. crazy. You get you get sacked. You know, yeah. like you, and you just you just go you just go crazy. Yeah. But that's kind of like uh, part and parcel of the creative process. At least that's what I've told myself, and just yeah. come to kind of accept it. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes switching between these two. Uh, worlds is is tough you know it might be smarter just to just do one um i do both while you can yeah well if you got the opportunity to do both people would love to do either it's just about perfecting the the juggling act so morning business afternoon night creative yeah do you start like at a normal time or do you like because you're your own boss are you rocking up at 11 are you you calling morning 11 to 1 Nah, nah, I don't know. I try to try and get started as 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 early as possible, within reason. You know, you haven't, you haven't put a number on the table yet. Well, it changes. You know, yeah. for example, tomorrow I got to go to Melbourne and yeah. I got to get up quite quite early to go there. What's the earliest? You've ever <laughs> got, what's the earliest you've got to the office? Work said, all right, I've got business today. I'm going to sit down. And I've never got to the like the office before nine. Yeah, like I think nine is a pretty respectable yeah, yeah, yeah. time totally. to, to to start your day. Anything before that is just. I was just making sure you weren't calling middays morning nah nah i can't really do that i'd I'd love to what about like relationships family like how do you fit all that in as well um is that tough yeah you're kind of running two jobs at once definitely well i think like in any in any sort of when you're investing heaps of time heaps of time into like uh, whether you're studying or you're like you're working or you've got music or some sort of creative passion thing podcast podcast you know like yeah. that juggling act that i was talking about before that's that's effectively what everyone's kind of doing yeah. you know and one of those balls that you're juggling is your friendships your relationships your family and just making sure that you're still fulfilling that yeah. that side of, 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 of your life so i'm it's definitely something i'm, I'm trying to get 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 better at yeah. i think i'm starting to just get up a little bit earlier <laughs> you know, just get to the office a little bit earlier and i've been getting up at six with this job and it's tough. Every day. It's tough. Every day I'm up at 6 a.m. I get up an hour before I need to start. I sometimes do juggling. I've got this thing on the side where I'm teaching myself a skill a month. I'm learning fire juggling at the moment. So I'm getting up early, practicing my juggling, cook a huge breakfast, I'm trying to be healthy. Yeah. I'm trying, trying. That's really what impressive. I'm trying, but it's tough. I'm trying to do that as well. What about health? Like, do you hit the gym? Do you, you try and eat healthy? Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I go to the gym a little bit, but yeah. I'm, I'm not the most disciplined person. But I'm trying to this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright, uh, I like it. Yeah. You can say that in January. Say it next month. It's a bit weird. <laughs> um, so one day entertainment. You see that as the future of your career, possibly. Is that going to be the breadwinner? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like the. Um, at this point, we're just trying to, you know, keep doing what what we're doing and put on these events and try and improve these events and just yeah. you know like it, it. We've rolled them out nationally now, and they happen in all different cities, and they're about to happen. Know, monthly in Sydney yeah. and Melbourne and Perth, which is right. like are they your three biggest yeah, three, three biggest markets. We've yeah. done a fair few in Brisbane as well, but yeah. like there we're, we're just kind of focusing on those three markets and yeah, trying to build them up and just make sure everyone that's coming is kind of like having a good time and yeah. telling their friends about it and then you know moving towards maybe putting on these you know boutique festival events yeah. and yeah. seeing seeing what happens there. Right. I was going to ask you about the festival. I went to the one the one that you held. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, what think? Yeah, it was good, man. Good yeah. vibe. Yeah. Like, loved it. So a lot of, I guess it helps to see familiar faces. So yeah. it's fun. Um, I thought it was great, it's, and I thought it was ballsy to put on a festival as well. Yeah. Look at all these huge ones that are crashing. Like, if, if the people that have run Big Day Out and had a great festival for years can't do it anymore, like a bunch of young friends from the inner west going to put one on. Like, it's yeah, it was a tough. It is tough. I'm presuming that's from the outside looking in. I think, oh, you see all these festivals crashing. Even they get announced and they get shut down a week before they start. How do you do it? Yeah. Like, how did it go? How did it come about? Like, was it hard? It was a massive undertaking. Yeah. You know, like it was a huge, it was a huge undertaking for us to kind of put on this festival, and it was, but it was a very rewarding and yeah. fulfilling, while also incredibly draining experience. You know, especially like if this was all that we did. You know, like one day if this was, if we were strictly promoters or festival organizers, then we would be able to, you know. Well, put more time into it but everyone's finishing albums everyone's working on albums everyone's touring so it's kind of like it's it's a bit it's a bit of a scramble mm-hmm. at times which is why we're kind of like you know streamlining and, and changing things up a little bit internally uh this year but it was uh what's changing well it, we're just kind of, we're like bringing on a 
extra people. Yeah, right. Trying yeah. to bring on other people that we're working with and just trying to step up. Yeah, I keep coming back yeah. to that, but that's kind yeah. of what no, you, you know. got to step up. So, did, it, did it work? Like, were you happy with it? And did it work financially, the festival? Because I know, I don't want to ask you about your financials, but all my friends that were there and that just heard about, like, are they going to make money from that? You're like, that's tough. Yeah, it's, um, the market's very soft. Yeah. You know, the festival, like, like you were saying, like you have festivals going broke, like, yeah. all, all over, but some are still killing it, yeah. you know, so for us, and, you know, that they say that festivals don't, you know, like, if you're, you don't break even for the first three years, which yeah. I, it sounds like bullshit to me, but, yeah. you know, like, that's not a good way, but it, it, it shows, like, what you kind of have to do is, yeah. I mean, you look at a business like Twitter, you know, for the first five years or however many years, they weren't turning a profit. Yeah, you know, but they were still valued. I think they're still not. They're still yeah. not. Yeah. There you go. So I don't know enough about like, tech startups yeah. and how. Yeah, I think they're, they're valued on their future worth. Ex- exactly yeah. right. And what the thinking is that you would just kind of run not at a you run at a loss, but you're building up the sort of yeah. the value of the. But I mean, everything still has to operate on a like time continuum. You know, you yeah. still have to have a very clear marked point. Yeah. that's projected where it's going to go from not making a loss to suddenly profiting, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, yeah, in, in some respects, we just kind of like fallen into this, you know, promoters are naturally like the the natural enemy of bands, you know? Because yeah. you always think that like the promoter's out to rip you off or you're trying to get the most money that you can from a promoter. So we never sought out to be promoters. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of, just kind of happened because we started putting on these parties and they grew and, so in some ways we've kind of we've been you know making it up as as we go along you know which is cool but yeah where we the festival was was a, was a success and we definitely trying to step it up yeah. you know yeah, yeah. this year yeah. and hopefully start to move into some yeah. other markets and whatnot well I definitely had fun it was good so that's cool yeah, yeah it was yeah, fun um, tell me about the one just quickly about the one day Sunday events like they yeah. go off is it a surreal feeling standing in the inner west at a packed out venue in Marrickville? And like you grew up and you're like, all these people are here for something that you created, not your music and the event, like both. Yeah. It, how, it, does it, how do you feel when you see that? It's it's definitely a surreal feeling, but I mean, they're not there. They're, they're there because of they, they have a good time and they know that it's going to be a fun party. Getting harder and harder to have a good time yeah, in I, Sydney. I take it you don't agree with lockout laws? <laughs> no, I don't agree with lockout laws. Like, and it makes me so sick, these violent incidents that keep yeah. happening, you yeah. know, aggression and yeah. violence and this whole issue of masculinity amongst yeah. men and things things like that. It's uh, much easier to just go, let's shut the shorten up. the hours that bars can operate. Everyone has to be home by 2 a.m. Nothing good happens after 3 a.m. You know, if you haven't done anything wrong, you've got nothing to worry about, things yeah. like that. It's so much easier for them to just make a blanket lockout like that. The effect that it's having, you know, and like not just the effects now, but the effects that it's going to have on, you know, like cultural capital, you know, like yeah. for the city in the next five, ten years. So people are moving away from Sydney, you know, like people that are kind of innovative, like risk takers as yeah. far as like bar owners and venue owners and festival promoters and the people that are kind of, you know, that you a scene relies on to kind of push the, the envelope. A lot of people are leaving Sydney because why would you operate in a city like Sydney? And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. so. All right. I, yeah, wanna, I, got, I got some very strong. No, I'm comments. sure you do. We can talk about that for, for years. <laughs> years. We'll move on. I want to get more into the, actually, you mentioned the festival. You said you're not reinventing the wheel and people just love your thing. And it's not, why are other people doing it then? You think, why are other people putting on these mini festivals like you do? If there's a demand for it, like you say, and you're not reinventing the wheel at all. Well, I think people are. I think I think certainly in like the 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 day party, you know, yeah. the party starting at midday mm-hmm. or one pm. That's certainly something that you know has become a lot more prominent all across Australia. Yeah. You know, like and I don't just mean like the Sunday sesh. You know, yeah, the the Ivy Pool yeah. Sunday session. Like yeah. those things have always kind of existed, yeah. but they're certainly coming to. I don't. Do you get led into them? I don't. No, I never. I've, I've been to the. Ivy for bridge climb Christmas party a lot of times and the Aries after parties, but beyond that, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, and certainly like you were saying with festivals, you know, like smaller boutique festivals are popping up. Maybe not yeah. hip hop ones. There yeah. are 
but you know the the, the hip hop festival in Australia has has been a pretty fraught uh, area. Yeah. You know, like so many festivals have gone bust, and there's been dodgy operators, and you know the acts cancelled. So it's always like people have always been very you know yeah. wary of of hip hop festivals, and to the point that you know like punters might not buy a ticket until the last moment because they're worried that a festival's not going to happen. Yeah, true. You know, Soulfest. Sort of that. Yeah. Look what happened. And then it's kind of, you know, it's like a chicken or egg situation. Mm. You know, they're not buying tickets, which is hurting the festival, but they're not buying tickets because the festival that you put on a year ago, Canton, would, yeah. or three of the acts didn't show up. So it's, it's just tough. tough. Yeah, it, it is. It is really tough, you know. Tell me about the crowd at your one-day events. I, I noticed at the start it was purely essentially the Nina West crowd. Mm-hmm. And as it's got bigger and bigger, it's become a hip hop crowd. I've noticed more than an inner west crowd. Do you think that's? Do yeah, you agree I, with that? I think that what you said is true. Like when it started off as like a when it first one day Sundays began, you know, and more. Yeah, it was very much like a inner west. A lot of our friends, yeah, friends of friends that we were yeah. kind of putting the word out to. And then as the word kind of spread, people coming from all over Sydney and that's and that's how it is now and people come from all over Sydney because it's you know there are a big hip-hop day party that happens out in Liverpool you know? yeah there's not something that happens on the eastern suburbs so and and like for us that's been one of like the, the the things that we're most proud of is that the party is and the people that go to the party is really like diverse yeah I'm not saying that in like a wanky like feel good yeah, way but, but like you see people from all backgrounds all walks of life, you know, like there's people that are kind of, you know, that are like hipsters, you know, you get people that are kind of like staunch lads, you have yeah. people that are just all the, and you would normally think like you put all these different groups, whether it's like ethnic groups or whether it's like subcultures, you put them all together, you would think, and they're drinking, Troubles there's going to be some trouble, you know, there's going to be some tensions or whatever, but obviously they have, aside from a few minor incidents, the vibe at our parties has been like so chill, yeah. you know, and that's and that's something we take pride in because you make, you create this like inclusive, welcoming mm-hmm. sort of like non pretentious environment, and you know, hopefully yeah. people should have a good time, yeah. and they do, and I think yeah. you guys create that vibe just through how you promote it and how it's how it's seen on social media and all the rest of it. So congrats for that; it's cool. Like I've never seen anything, no no kind of vibe with that. And, Friends of mine also discuss that like there's so many different groups and nothing yeah. happens and it's it's people talk about it like it's a, it's a well, definitely like well, I mean when we were growing up like and this sounds a little bit like crude and clunky to say but when we were growing up you know and you the, the hip hop and R and B club scene is like there would be an Islander night there would be the Asian night yeah. on this night there would be you know and like you know the Aussies darling <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it was just like really in like a, a lame segregated way yeah. You know? yeah, yeah and to actually have like people of all different backgrounds like just coming together because they love music yeah and they love you know partying and they love just like being together yeah it's it's awesome and to be honest like in the current climate where you know social cohesion should be a priority and it should be really valued and i think events involving like things to do with music and art and food mm. that bring people together that's important that's a little bit you know feel good but yeah, yeah. I, I think no, that's important for sure you know? and it's something you guys deliver you should be proud of that thank you um i want to ask you about your music uh-huh spit syndicate one day i listened to that in china a lot what, too which, much which I, mainline mainline because yeah. i uh the main reason is I had three albums that worked over there in China, and that was oh, one of them. But, but it was good. Um, I just want to know how much of an impact you think being played on Triple J or FBI has on the popularity, or how much music gets played, sold, whatever. Yeah. How important? Extremely important. Is it the only? Is it the most important thing? Pretty much. If you're making like independent music, and you know, so it's not geared specifically at like commercial radio like those Australian Idol and X Factor sort of artists are they don't really go through Triple J they go straight to your Novas and your Austereo networks and, and, and whatnot but if you're trying to make anything that's kind of like independent yeah you have to go through Triple J and that is kind of like they really are the game it, it, I mean there are some exceptions yeah 
to, to the yeah. rule, you know, like you take Cursor, yeah. who's, you know, a rapper from Campbelltown. Have you have you read this sheet? Because he's on the he's in, involved in the next question. I haven't, I haven't read no. this sheet, but I mean, he's a perfect example of somebody who completely bypassed Triple J yeah. and just used the internet and YouTube yeah. and like his, you know, his connection, his direct connection with his fans to build up a massive fan base. He sells heaps of records and he tours and everything and he's done it without Triple J's mm. support. He's an exception. Yeah. Most other bands and it's hit all genres of music, they have to go through Triple J. Even the commercial radio stations, they go to Triple J. Like if, if a song has been thrashed on Triple J high rotation for three months, it's been yeah. a real trip. It's really embedded with this, the, the station. Yeah. That's when Nova will pick it up. Yeah. That's when, you know, because they see that it's cool, you know, they see they're playing, oh, this flume, all the Triple J, you know, like people, yeah. are, all right, we're going to play that now. Yeah. And that's, so yeah, to answer your question, it's, yeah, they're, they're the gatekeepers. Yeah. Of, so how do you make sure that they like your stuff? Do you make a song with that in mind? Uh, a lot of a lot of acts do, yeah. and you know it kind of, um, I guess, would vary from like being, you know, you could, those are acts that don't really care about Triple J or any sort of radio support and just want to make their own music in the way that they want to do it with their own artistic integrity. And on the other end of the spectrum, you probably have bands or DJs or whoever that are just like, I need to get added on yeah. Triple J and I will just make the most like cliche yeah. kind of what I think is the Triple J yes. audience is gonna like and you know like that that's at the other end of the spectrum and that's that's pretty lame and you definitely you know you can you can hear it. If you yeah. listen to the radio you can go, wow, it sounds like they've just gone to recreate an Aluna George song or they're just yeah. trying to, you know, do this and, you know, this is just trying to sound like flume. For me personally and like the musical like projects that I'm involved in, um, I guess when you're making an album, when you're working on an album, you definitely have single radio singles in mind and you're conscious of, is this something which is going to get played on Triple J? You know, like, is yeah. this something that radio in general is going to like? And, you know, that's just the reality of what music, the music industry is. Singles is like, you know, a way of just like catching people's attention. It's like bringing people in. It's like the bait, you know, the, the big singles is how you sort of bring, bring people in. And a, a big, you know, like smash radio hit, which I've never personally had, but I've seen friends, you know, that are in other bands. And yeah. you see what the difference, what sort of impact a big, you know, like a gold single will yeah. have. You know, a good friend of mine, Illy, you know, yeah. who's had a bunch of big tri Triple J hits. But then he had Tightrope on his last album and that went from Triple J, then it went to commercial radio, commercial radio thrashed it, it went platinum twice, you wow. know, and that is just like fundamental, smiles yeah. don't lie, you know, like that song, that's a gold record. You Would know? you like to have one of them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, like so there's no thing like I don't want to be on I don't want to be on commercial radio if they play it. Nah, I'm not for that. Like you'd be happy to hit it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you see what you know that that changes everything for for an act. So it doesn't mean that I like would want to go out there and just make something that is shit and like yeah. bubble gum and I'm not happy with just yeah. to kind of appeal to that because our fans and most general fans will see straight through that. You know, but yeah, a big. I mean, we've been making music for since we left high school. It was ten years ago now. You know, so we're kind of like anyone that's been doing it for that long. Like you just want to kind of step it up yeah, you know? and that's yeah. What with everything with everything right like if you're not like stepping your shit up then what are you doing yeah all right quick one about cursor do you think he should be playing on triple j because they they talk about the diversity of their music and they're representing the youth but if so many of the young australians are into cursor obviously got so many fans then why wouldn't they play is it because it's not their particular type of music i don't know T to be honest with you like even Triple J's support, as an artist or a label or whatever, no one is really taking like Triple J's support for granted. Like you can't yeah. just guarantee that just because Triple J supported one song that they're going to get behind yeah. the next one. Like they are very, they decide what they're going to get behind. Yeah. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing yeah. is, um, yeah, like assured. Be upset if they did play something like it. Like I know that his language is crafts and. Yeah, you know, there'd be so many people that didn't like the music. 
There's a lot of people who don't like heavy metal when they play heavy metal music. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't like heavy metal. And yeah. every time, like, some of that heavy metal stuff is on, comes on a radio station, I'll, yeah. I'll turn it off. But that's, that's yeah. what you can do. You can change the station. Yeah. Like, I mean, for him, he clearly doesn't need yeah. tri- Triple J support. So I know that he probably feels, and I mean, I've seen his, what he likes on Instagram. Yeah. It's very much like, fuck you. You know, like, I don't need you. you know? Yeah. Like, you know. And, and that's, he doesn't need him. Yeah. Um, as why they don't play him, I'm not sure. You know, like they, some of the stuff they play on radio, I listen to and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And like, why did they have this? Why did they? But it's not really for me to understand. And yeah. Try and understand the thought process. Yeah. Thought processes behind something like that. Just do your head in. Well, even FBI, I would have thought FBI would have, there'd be more of a chance they'd play someone like him on FBI rather than Triple J, even, but it hasn't even happened. Just a question. I heard, him on, had, I heard him on FBI. Oh, really? Yeah, he went. Yeah. He went to Joe. Joe had a radio show. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. A, See, Joe Rogan hooked him up. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan hooked him up. But yeah, I don't think he would. Yeah, I mean, they don't. It's it's a really good example of just bypassing yeah. these traditional structures to create your own fan base and you know, smashing out videos and whatnot. He's done really well for that. Yeah. Aussie hip hop in general. There's a lot of haters out there. I tell people, what do you like? I say Aussie hip hop, they're onto me. They're onto me. Yeah. Well, it's you know you've heard all the typical excuses. It's American. And it's meant to, you're meant to be trapped in a struggle. How can they be rapping out here? Mm-hmm. What does it even mean? Mm-hmm. What do you say to those people that just automatically shit can Aussie hip hop? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the the the, the cliches like if you say Aussie hip hop to somebody maybe ten years ago they would have thought like yeah. bogan rap, you yeah. know, or something that's like a, that, yeah, or, or the other end of the spectrum, just like white Australians thinking that they're black. Yeah. You know, like that was the, but that's so like a anchored in the past to, yeah. to think like that. Like the sort of music that's being made now in Australian hip hop is like of the highest standard that it's mm. ever been. Like it's world, a lot of it is world class. A lot of it is, you know, like it's, it's starting to reflect Australian society more in that it's diverse. Yeah. You know, like sure, maybe. 10 years ago, the big Australian hip hop acts were largely, you know, like Anglo, you know, yeah. from an Anglo background. Whereas now you have people that are, you know, of all different, you know, that are Australian of different backgrounds as well, which is great because that's what Australia is like, you know, yeah. like if you grew up in Sydney, you know that you went to school and there were kids of all different backgrounds. Yeah. And that's what this country is. So it's great that music in general is starting to reflect that and you're starting to hear more from voices that haven't been mm. traditionally represented in music and mainstream society yeah. in general. But yeah, I think, I mean, you, you only have to, if you played somebody, some of like the real, the best standout Australian hip hop songs of the past few years, and they still like had those views that it's kind of shit or yeah. it's, you know, like, well, then fuck them. Yeah, you know, like, they don't have to like exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, and so you think that's what makes Aussie hip hop unique compared to other hip hop from other countries? Well, I guess what drew me towards like Australian hip hop and has drawn a lot of people towards it that were originally fans of like, you know, American hip hop was that it was telling stories they could relate to a little bit more, you know, yeah. and it was, and you don't have to relate to some, something personally to kind of enjoy a piece of art, you know, but yeah. there are stories within this country that are need to be told yeah that are worthy of being told and you know that uh yeah it's just kind of like i don't know if i answer this very well but yeah that's that that's that's what i love about australian music in general not just hip-hop is because it's telling in a australian stories you know and things that that, that we can relate to all right i'm gonna ask you about spit syndicate just to wrap it up your music can we expect to see from Spitznik in the future? Are you working on an album? Yeah, we've been working on an album for like the past two years. Wow. And it's kind of like... So you have been sleeping in. It's been <laughs> two years, mate. Yeah, I know. When you when you put it like that, when you put it like that, I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, with this making this album has kind of taken us to... We were in LA, you know, working yeah. on this album. We've been working on it in Melbourne. We've been working on it in Sydney. We've been taking these like trips to like holiday houses in the south coast yeah. and like turning them into a studio for two weeks yeah. and just like creating songs and you know it's 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 the best music that we've 
us finishing it off and and we've got to like sort out like the business side of how you know how it's going to come out you know yeah, you don't have a major label now. we don't have you, a, you did have one yeah well one day the one day record came out through yeah. like uh, through sony and elephant tracks but yeah for us we're just trying to finish the song because sometimes man to be honest with you like if i spent heaps of time thinking about labels and managers and what's happening here and all, and all that sort of stuff it's it's stressful yeah you know and some stuff is out of your control so right now we're kind of like just trying to focus on yeah. what's within our control and that is the songs yeah finishing the songs making sure that they are you know that as as good as 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 they can be but to answer your question we're going to put out a new song really soon yeah, okay. and like a single and we'll have a record out later this year yeah all right and yeah, I look forward to hearing that single on Nova. Um, <laughs> uh, Me too. <laughs> uh, you're making an album. It's what, 15 songs, for example, on an album, say 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many do you actually make and that don't make the cut? Well, this is the first time that we have like made far more songs. Like we're talking 25, 30 songs yeah. that we're going to eventually have to whittle down to you know, 12 to yeah. 14, 15. Yeah. And we've already kind of done that, but... Yeah. It's that's part of the reason that it mm. you know like on it, that it's taken so long. Yeah. Like if you just started and said, all right, the first twelve songs that we make is really? the album. <laughs> Sweet, maybe it would take eight months, yeah. you yeah. know. But then it might not be the best that it can mm. be. Whereas if you kind of spend all this time, and you know, you hear about bands that make, you know, fifty, a hundred songs. Kendrick for his last yeah. album, he had over like eighty songs. Yeah, and that he just picked the best. So we're not quite at that level yet, yeah. but certainly. Uh, I think is going to help the music, you know, because it's no, there's no filler. Hopefully, there's yeah, <laughs> no filler, yeah. and it's just all, you know, all killer. Yeah, your fans. What's the demographic you think of your fans? I, I had a couple of friends went to the one day concert at Emor. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go to that. I was living in China. That um, was the moment. That like yeah, I've, I've seen the film clip history. Yeah, yeah. Like just to stand in, on stage in your own hometown, what, what an experience. Yeah, the Emor was crazy. Was that, was that one of the greatest nights of your life? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Was it number one? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit easy now, to be honest. Yeah. Man. But, yeah, that was crazy fast just because, like, it, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of work had gone into that album and yeah. into the whole, like, one-day thing because, you know, the focus of what everyone was doing at the time. So you don't really get many moments when you're making music to kind of, like, stop and, like, reflect, you know, because it's just like, all right, what, what's happening next? What are we going to do next? What's happening with this? But that was like a moment to just kind of like, to really mm. savor, you know. Was, was it the best concert you've had? I don't know if it was even the best memorable. concert. Like, like we, most memorable? Probably the, the yeah, the most memorable. Yeah. Just because it was the M you know, like yeah. we've been going there since we were kids yeah. and it's just such a, you know, um, yeah, it's just such a, such an iconic venue. As far as the demographic. Yeah, well, how would you describe your fans? Because friends were there said, uh, like they were shocked by the amount of like 16, 17, 18, was it all that? It was all 18. So they're like 18, 19 crowd. Yeah. Is, is that the predominant, most of your fans are 18, 19, 20? I don't know. I guess, I guess, yeah, I mean the idea is that you kind of like, you want to get fans like while you're young and while they're young, they're yeah. kind of like going to stay with you and kind of like grow old with you. Yeah, yeah, and no like, doubt there's heaps of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's these new fans that, yeah, there's, that love Aussie hip hop. Yeah, and they, you know, there's some fans, we were, we were talking about before about like, only listen to American hip hop. There's actually a lot of Australian hip hop fans that only listen to Australian hip hop, which is really bizarre to me. I've never understood it. Like if you like the way that hip hop sounds and if you like the beats and the rapping, then surely you'd like, like it if it's good, not like putting these parameters on it, like I only listen to it if it's as a hip hop. Like yeah. so, but anyway, people can listen to what the fuck they want to listen to. But our, our fans, it's, it's pretty diverse, you know, yeah. and like we had, we, were, we played a show in Brisbane in December and there were like a spit syndicate show and there were these two Korean girls, these two students that were like 21 or something and they just like came up to us after the show and were just like, Nick, Jimmy, and they were like, they were from Korea, you know, and they had, wow. they were fans of our music. It's because they'd come to, to Brisbane yeah. and their English teacher had like found out music. I don't know how that was, <laughs> That's but cool. that was a pretty like, you yeah. know, a, a, a crazy experience. So obviously like with the internet now, you can be, anywhere. yeah, you can get hit up from, you know, people in 
people are watching my weather reports and stitching me up online. And, um, right, you know what I mean? Like, internet is a funny place. Yeah, it's, it's changed the game in, in so many ways. Yeah. But yeah, we kind of yeah, we we got a pretty diverse, you know, and we we have fans now that kind of have been fans of ours for you know nearly ten years now, and you kind yeah. of like, and even on social media, you see the same names like. Yeah popping up so you meet them at a show and you're just like oh you're so and so and i've seen you commenting on all these yeah. photos and what, like we're not obviously at the level yet where you don't remember all these yeah, things that yeah. pop up you know obviously someone like drake like he's he's he's, yeah. he's no he like how does his instagram even work you know like he would just have too many mentions his shit would just like you, you just wouldn't see any of them it would become a not event yeah. it's like junk mail in your inbox you wouldn't read it yeah that's yeah, fine I'm sure he still reads his DMs and whatnot, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we're not at that level yet. So our fans, we kind of still got a connection. Yeah, we know them, yeah. you know, and some of them we kind of know their, know their family yeah. and know their story, wow. and know, like, which is really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool side of it. Your most surreal experience from this whole journey so far, the craziest thing that's happened on this whole experience. That is a really, really tough experience to answer probably like some of the real experiences that kind of like stand out i mean that sh that one day show at the m mall yeah you know and just and that whole one day in album this yeah. group of horror and all these other groups that are friends like it kind of it really connected with people yeah. and the album really the album which was made like in a short amount of time like yeah. in byron bay that re it really connected with people and so that that was cool for like for me personally, like seeing and you, yeah, just that M more show yeah. and like we just had a, such a mad night and we partied all night, yeah. didn't sleep, went to Brisbane the next day and we just shattered. Like <laughs> we were just like in a really bad way. And then we went out on stage and this, at this Brisbane show and people went crazy and it was just like we're back. We're back. You know, yeah. like we, the hangover's gone. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah. and then it came back after the yeah. show. <laughs> but that, and you know, it's, at some moments, sometimes on one day Sundays, like when it's at the Sydney events or we were in Perth last weekend and we threw this like big like car park block party in Perth, which was just like huge, like crazy and packed. And at the festival, there were moments where you just kind of like look around and it's like, wow, this is really like, mm. this is really happening and people... People give a shit, you know, yeah. and it's getting really hard for people to give a shit about anything yeah, in the world right now. You're right. So even if you like... People care about Mitch Pierce at the moment and a, and a, and a dog, you know, <laughs> yeah, they weird things to care about. Stop giving a shit about that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but when you, yeah, when just making, seeing people have a connection to something, you know, and like whether it's your music or an event or anything, you know, like that, that is a, that's, that can be surreal. Yeah. You know, and that's probably something that... I'll, yeah, all those moments are the surreal experiences, but uh, just trying to step it up. Yeah, trying to step up everything, trying to step up how surreal the experience yeah. is. Gonna be. This has been fantastic. This has yeah. been. You had fun. It's so self indulgent. You know, like, <laughs> you got the lights, you got, you got it all. The you're in the west, you're at the top of a pub. Yeah, I mean, a few drinks here, we could be talking online. Yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. I've got three quick ones for you. Okay. If it all ended today, no more music. No more nothing. You just had a day job. Maybe you're that accountant who stayed at his desk and got sacked. Would you be happy? Depends what I'm doing. Oh, you no, mean like... Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like... Oh, yeah, I told you, you're, you're an accountant. <laughs> uh, like, it's done. You're yeah. done. You'd be, you'd be content. Definitely. All right. Definitely content. That's cool. Are you, are you, would you deem what you've done so far successful? Well, successful is... What success to you? I said that a quick question. That's a very long. Answer. It's an, it's yeah. it's pretty subjective. You yeah, know? like it's entirely subjective how, how successful something is. Some of the things that we've done have have been successful. Other things that I've been involved with have been unsuccessful. Yeah, fucked a lot of things up over the yeah. last ten years. You know, like made some bad business decisions and bad. You know, like whatever. life decisions. Life yeah. decisions. There's plenty of things that you know. But on the whole, I'm I'm happy with how things have turned out. But yeah. It's, it's really difficult to just say, like, it's been successful, yeah. you know, because... We're not, we're not there yet, maybe. Nah, and you know, like, you, what I said to you when we were, you know, walking up here, it's like sometimes you feel like you're up and you're yeah. killing it, and then other times you're just, like, at the bottom of this, you know, fucking massive 
Everest and you're yeah. like, how am I going to, you know, like it yeah. just, it changes so much. Your mindset, your mood, everything. All right. Exactly. If you had a microphone like this one here and you could, the whole world was listening, get, get rid of the nerves. You had a microphone, you could tell the world one thing, what would you tell them? The world? The whole world. Or the country, if you wanted to make well, it The country, uh, the world, I would say, please chill the fuck out. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, the country, Australia, if I had a mic, I would say maybe the same thing, but probably more specifically, just stop fucking punching people. Yeah. Stop being a gronk. You know, just think about, you know, <laughs> not to go down this avenue again, but yeah, that would be my final words to the country. Stop punching people. Don't be a gronk. Prime Minister Nick Loopy. Say hi to your mum for me. All right. Then the very last one, as I pull it out of my little friend Wayfar here, a little water friend, I have a little muck around at the end of each interview that I do. Uh, muck up photo? Little, yeah. No, 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 muck up photo. I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah. Even though you're a good soccer player, I'd probably have some old soccer photos. <laughs> Nick was a shit soccer player. Um, I, was, I was an impact player. Right? I was an impact player. Mate, after you left, we won the comp 10 years in a row. You set a district record and we were state champions. True story. Anyway. Fuck, that is a true story. Yeah. Yeah. We won the champions of champions. Uh, I was on the yeah, I Actually, up. I was a captain. That's because my dad sponsored the team. Anyway. I warmed up the slot machine. You got the jackpot. <laughs> That's how it works. All right, what I'm going to do for you, it's, a, uh, it's an Inner West Challenge. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. I'm up you, for it. you and your crew. You're down. You're the, you represent the Inner West out there, out in Australia, out in the world. But I just want to test how well you really know the Inner West. Oh, shit. We know, we know you rep it well, but it's an easy one. I'm going to tell you a letter that, of suburbs in the Inner West. And I want you to tell me what suburbs are in the Inner West. So I'm going to say, for example, the letter F. There's two suburbs, according to the real estate agencies, that are in the Inner West. What Five are they? Dock. Yeah. Five Dock and... What's that? Letter F. It's nothing. It's only your inner credibility. Don't worry about it. No, I mean, I thought you were going to ask me for one per letter. I didn't know you were going to ask. No, no, there's two, starting with F in the inner west. Can you give me a clue for the next one? Or no, like, what's the shock in I'll there? give you a clue. It's in the inner west. <laughs> no, I'll, pass. I'll give you, it's near Glee. Oh, Forest Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a chance to redeem yourself? Yeah, okay. All right. This is my last option. There's five that start with the letter E. Give me five suburbs. Let's see if you can hit three that start with the letter E in the inner west. Erskineville. You got this, yeah. Ermington is not inner west, so let's keep it going. You're throwing extras out there in case you <laughs> don't get the others. How is there five that start with the Mate, there's e. five. And I know the boundaries for the inner west are, are rough, and people always debate it. Is Concord in the inner west? I don't know, probably not. Probably well, not. that has been a topic of, of debate yeah. amongst the one day is... Really? Is, is, is Concord in the West to you? No, it's the edge. It's the edge of the yeah. West. But that's, he's that's from, the from, he's from Concord. 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 All right. Yeah. Let me tell you. You've said... What did you say? Erskineville. And there's... Let me tell you. There's one in here that you have to. We've even said the suburb in this chat. You know, come on, mate. Well, I'm looking at the main... The, the train line... And I don't that see was another thought. I thought, should I ask him the trailer? But you'll know that. So. The trailer is a little bit easier. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Do you want me to tell you? You give it up? Yeah, give me one. I'll give you one. I'm not going to give you the easy one because you should know that one. Elwood. Elwood is not the fucking Elwood. Elwood's inner west. Elwood's inner west. You know, you can, yeah. get, you, can get to right. new, you can get to Newtown quicker from Elwood than Concord. Think of it that way. Yeah, true. Elwood, Erskineville. This one, I agree, it's a bit dodgy. Enfield. All right, and more. Okay, now yes. Enfield is a big stretch, but I guess the. But we know Enfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the one more. Field. All right, okay, hang on. Give me a second. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's not on the train line, so. None of this shit is on the train line, <laughs> mate. That's the go to. All right, give me a clue. Like, what's a shop or like a pub or something mm -hmm. there? Oh, what's it's, it it's near Redfern. It's near Redfern. I think. <laughs> In West Challenge. Four so far with the knee. There's one to go. You're done. Everly. Everly. Everly's not a suburb, bro. Mate, That's... mate, if you ask the real estate agents, they're making bucks out of houses in Everly. It's a suburb. Mate. I try and fucking avoid any contact with real estate agents. When I'm <laughs> Everly, that's a train yard. That's not a suburb. No one's getting a letter mailed to Everly. There's someone out there that lives in Everly, I'm telling you. 
Well, well, that's none from two in the Inner West Challenge. <laughs> none from none two. From two. I got <laughs> but you're Inner West to your core. Thanks for your time, Nick. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything you're doing. I know everyone that's seen you from the start is following you. I hope that you and the boys kill it. And uh, I'm sure you will. You keep going up a level. Thank you, man. Thank you for the time and thank you for the opportunity to talk about myself indulgently for close to an hour. Yeah, he told me I had half an hour limit and I just lost track. I didn't say... Yeah, yeah, good answers. Yeah, good answers. I didn't say half an hour limit. It's, I was just like, fuck. Is it? I told him one hour and I, I realised that's a bit long, but how long do podcasts go? I've listened to three-hour podcasts. Yeah, true. I get lost. Anyway, we're still dribbling. It's going to keep going for two hours. Thank Appreciate you, your time, mate. Thank, Thank you. you.